Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Tommy's Love Podcast. I'm Logan, and here we are with our week six recap of uh, the college football season. We were kind of on a tight schedule this week, so let's just get into it. Uh, Artem, Andrew, and I had a rough go of it last week with our picks. I think, Andrew, you beat us all out with getting three out of ten correct. Congratulations on that. Uh, hey, thank you, Cincinnati. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, not a good week for us, but I, I think I'm going to chalk that up to the fact that uh, a lot of teams were kind of in the pr- prove-it-to-me mode, uh, trying to show that they deserve to be where they are uh, in at this point in the season, uh, and they're kind of showing that down the line these are going to be our bowl-eligible teams to look at. So, I mean, I'm just going to run down the list. Uh, we've got teams like Cincinnati upsetting UCF, obviously, Andrew, highly thankful to them. Uh, we've got teams like Florida going up against Auburn and showing that they definitely deserve to be in the top ten rankings. Uh, we've got teams like Texas, and I think Andrew pointed this out last week where West Virginia was going to be a prove-it game for them. Uh, Oregon taking on California, that was a close win. Michigan getting back on their feet against Iowa, um, <laughs> that was a uh, – Interesting matchup. Stanford going back to three and three after a beating beating Washington at home. Uh, that's a strange one. SMU becoming bowl eligible off the bat six and zero with a home win against Tulsa. Tulane going on the road and taking out Army. You know, uh, Virginia Tech beating Miami to finally getting to the winning record uh, column, going three and two. Navy beating Air Force at home. Uh, Baylor going 5-0 and against Kansas State. I mean, just going down the list, a lot of them. Arizona now 4-1 and after beating Colorado on the road. Uh, if I had more time, I think I'd go into more detail. I mean, some other ones, Pitt, San Diego State. But uh, you get the gist. A lot of these teams are out there, and this is the time of the year where you've got to kind of show that you're going to be bowl eligible. Otherwise, you're going to end up like Georgia Tech. So, yeah, uh, Andrew, I'll start off with you. Do you have any teams you want to highlight as far as being um, proving themselves last week? Okay, Artem, do you have any teams you want to highlight as far as proving themselves last week? Uh, I think Penn State continues to step up. Uh, We have – some teams like USC and Stanford are actually, you know, putting up a big fight. Um, even though they they've lost their quarterbacks, what two each? I feel like at this point. Um, and then we got um, Nebraska, really kind of finally living up to their expectation. They're four and two, something we expected out of them last season, but finally they're there. Last season they were garbage, and I think they only won like one game, if any. Um, this season. Uh, Close win against a bad Northwestern team is something they really needed to kind of take the next step. So they got Minnesota coming up, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but we'll see what Nebraska's really made of this week. All right, Andrew, my understanding is you're back on the line. So what? I am. Sorry about that. It happens. What's what's your uh, picks? Uh, the team that I, was t- I wanted to talk about is the Tulane Green Wave. It was a team that, you know, we when we picked the American Conference, we talked about Memphis and Houston and, and maybe to an extent UCF. But I think Tulane 
was one that surprised all of us and really kind of shown up this year as a, well, wait a minute, maybe maybe they're a team that we should take seriously this year. You know, they had the big comeback against Houston that was really kind of cool where they were down, they fought back, you know, won right at the end, and then they came out and beat a pretty good Army team on the road, as well as, you know, they only lost 24-6 to to an Auburn team that we like to think is pretty decent. I was really interested in what Willie Fritz was going to be able to do this year, given that he let his offensive coordinator go, brought in a guy named Will Hall, who's an interesting guy, spent a lot of time in Division Three. was actually a D3 head coach for a couple of years, and then it's kind of bounced around. But it's been really fun to see what he's been able to do on offense. Fritz has tried to shift away from some of the old option stuff they used to run under the other offensive coordinator, and they've been really successful. They've got the, the transfer quarterback from LSU who's putting up really good numbers, and they've just come out to win. Now, they obviously won't be challenged this week playing UConn, but October the 19th at Memphis – I think will be a big kind of show me Tulane game where we'll really learn. All right, Tulane, are you competing for the conference or are you just kind of hanging around in six games? All right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty reasonable and we'll see. I think right now that con- that conference is open to anybody, especially with uh, UCF getting knocked out. Uh, I'm going to look at uh, Navy. Because I think this was a team that after last year, I don't think anyone was expecting much out of. And frankly, they have had kind of a easy schedule aside from their game at Memphis. Holy Cross, ECU. But then they came in against Air Force. Granted, they got Air Force at home. But they beat them pretty soundly. And I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. Uh, they've got the next four games are Tulsa, USF, Tulane and UConn. They get UConn. They got Tulane at home, and the rest of those games are very winnable. Now, after that, it's a tough road. You got Notre Dame, SMU, Houston, and Army. But uh, considering they only had three wins last year, you're looking at a team that could become bowl eligible if they if all the games fall the way they should. If the dominoes fall, where they beat Tulsa, USF, and UConn, then hey, six wins and you're rolling. But uh, we'll see. They, they've definitely come out and proven that they're much better than they were last year. Um, and I'd like to see how they do in some of these coin flip games. But uh, I think they're going out and they're going to prove that uh, they're more than what they are on paper. So I think it'll be interesting to see. All right. Well, with that in mind, we got to talk about this week. Um, so I'll go ahead and get the game that started out of the way. Right now, NC State is up three against Syracuse, but uh, we all made our picks before the game kicked off. Andrew's got NC State, and both Artem and I have Syracuse. Next game on the docket, Bama going on the road to Texas A&M. Bama, obviously the top team in the nation, but Texas A&M always that uh, challenging. I don't know if we view each other as rivals yet, but uh, definitely a challenging team in the Western Division that's always tough to keep your eye on. So a lot of people looking at that game for a potential upset. I personally have Bama because it's just hard to go against Bama. Andrew, who do you got in this matchup? I'm going to have to go with Crimson Tide. I just think that this may be the best offense we've seen. Just the talent they've got at wide receiver. Obviously, Tagovailoa doing what he's doing. I just don't. I think A&M's got the hosses 
to to stay in this game. Their biggest thing would be if Bama starts to turn the ball over. That's probably the thing that would help them. But they've done a pretty good job of not doing that so far this season. So I think Bama's just too good. All right, Artem, uh, are you sticking with the uh, home team uh, favor, or are you uh, going with what some would consider to be a more realistic pick? No, that's right. I think I'd be a little bit more inclined to pick Alabama on this one if they were playing at Alabama, but they're playing at Texas A&M, and uh, Herb Street decided to talk some shit about our fan base uh, last week, so we're going to show up, and our team's going to show up. Uh, I'd say a couple couple different things also are leading our way um, as opposed to in the past. This has been one of the closer matchups for us, even in the years of Kevin Sumlin when we were kind of sucking it up. Uh, we played Bama closer than we played LSU. Um, I, and a lot of the changes that Alabama's made are more in our favor. In the past, Bama ran a pro-style uh, system, and it was pretty hard to stop their running game, and they were able to control games like that. Uh, now they're running RPOs on offense, uh, which is what a lot of college football teams are doing because it's easier to run practice and do more reps and get kids acquainted with it and get better at it, essentially. Um, our defensive coordinator, uh, Elko, is that's his uh, specialties, depending, defending RPOs. So as opposed to last year where he kind of got his ass handed to him a little bit, especially in the first three quarters, um, I think this, will, this one will be in our favor this time. I also see that... With the RPOs that Alabama's running, they're putting up a lot of yards, but they also haven't hit any kind of roadblocks so far. Usually the teams that run RPOs, if they don't adjust, uh, and even when they do adjust, around week five, six, seven, teams start recognizing what they run and they start planning against it, and you'll see those teams kind of hit lower scoring um, games for one or two games until they figure out how to innovate, how to get better, and how to score more. So I think... Um, I think this will be the snag that they hit, and we'll slow them down a little bit. And we're we're more suited to control the ball in the game, which is what Alabama's been able to do more uh, in the past. Fair enough. All right. I mean, I I would typically say Bama, but this is always a game that you could see going either way. It's a tough one to call. Uh, next up on the list, uh, battle in the American for. Uh, Potentially a top spot now that everybody now that everything's kind of bouncing around like ricocheting off of each other. Uh, Memphis going on the road to Temple. Temple. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Uh, all I really remember about Temple is they whipped the shit out of us uh, a few weeks ago, and Memphis has got their running machine rolling. They're just kicking kicking ass all over the place. But these are two very top teams in the American looking to prove themselves. Kind of like we were talking earlier. I've got Temple. Um, I've seen them with my own eyes. I know what they can do, and I've been very impressed so far with what I've seen, especially out of their defense. And at home, I think that's going to be really played to their advantage. But uh, this is a game that could go either way. Uh, Andrew, who do you got in this matchup? Oh, sorry. I'm going to go with Memphis. Yeah, well, anyway, Andrew, you're going. Go for it. (laughs) I'm going to go with Memphis. I think they're all just too talented. Their, their team come out and pretty much run up the score on everyone they played that wasn't and Temple to me has really been challenged Buffalo team that uh, mediocre and they really haven't beat anybody else outside of a, a ranked Maryland that's kind of fallen off since that game I just think Memphis has got too much talent on offense 
and are going to be able to, to move the ball. They're averaging almost 40 points a game. So I think it's Memphis. Okay. Uh, Artem, sorry about that confusion. Who you got in this matchup? It's all good. Uh, I'm with Andrew. He pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, less turnovers, more passing yards, better yards per carry. I think Memphis is going to take this one. All righty. Next up, Washington State at Arizona State. So two teams are looking to uh, try and reach deeper into that top 25 ranking. Arizona State's 4-1 uh, and one after a uh, some would consider interesting loss earlier to Arizona, I believe. And then uh, Washington State has kind of stumbled a bit down the, down the stretch and are looking to go back and prove themselves a little bit more. I've got Arizona State in this one. I think uh, I think that Washington State's just lost a lot of confidence for me. I don't know what to make of them at this point, and I just have a lot more definitive evidence behind what Arizona State can and can't do, and I think at home Arizona State's going to play much better. All right, Artem, who do you got in this matchup? I'm actually going to take Washington State in this one. Uh, I do like Arizona State a lot, but – uh, you know, the Pirate called his team real soft uh, after this last loss. Um, and I think they can just they can stay generally, except for the Utah game, in the high-scoring games a little better. Um, Arizona, I saw stats somewhere that said they were a lot lower in defensive efficiency than they were last season. And if you look at points per game versus points allowed, um, they're really close. They're within a touchdown uh, or within a score this season. Uh, so they're putting up less points and allowing a little bit more. So uh, I'm going to pick Washington State on this one. All right, Andrew. I think it depends on how the game goes. Arizona State's won a lot of low 19-7, 10-7, 24-17 to games, whereas Washington State really wants to get the score high, even though they did lose 67-63 to to UCLA. I think that'll kind of define – what the game becomes. I think Arizona State's decent enough, adds enough talent on defense to to keep the game in the pace and the the scoring that they wanted to. So I think I think I'm going to pick the Sun Devils and I'm going to get back firm for Herm. Yeah, baby, firm for Herm. That's what it's all about. You know, I started saying that at work and it kind of creeps people out a bit. So maybe I'll stop saying that at work. <laughs> I uh, just don't know. Hey, man, you got to spread that love around. Uh, anyway, next up on the list, the USC at Notre Dame, battle for the Golden Shillelagh. So, uh, this rivalry is, uh, usually pretty tight. I think a lot of people, if you're looking at the top 25 rankings, you're probably thinking, well, Notre Dame is going to run away with it. But, uh, USC is a team that's not to be trifled with, especially in big rivalry games. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, injuries have had a big impact on USC, um, but and uh, Notre Dame getting the ball at home is going to be a rough ride. But who knows? This really is a match that, as always, could go either way. Personally, I'm taking Notre Dame, but uh, Andrew, I want to hear your perspective on the matter. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick the Irish. I, I think they're just a better team they're not dealing with the kind of turmoil that USC dealing with with quarterbacks going down guys getting hurt having to kind of scramble to find the guy to fit the position I think Notre Dame's healthy I think they really showed the talent and and how good they were in their close loss to Georgia 
earlier this year. I just think that Fame's got too much talent. They're too well put together that I just think they're going to win this game. All right. Artem, talking about the battle for the goal in Chilele, you got who do you got between USC and Notre Dame? The Golden Chilele. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, in this one as well. They have a little bit of a better running game, in my my opinion, and they're not figuring out who their quarterback is every week because their dude's getting knocked out because their offensive line's not very good at protecting him. Their points per game and points allowed are also three scores apart, where USC's is you know five points difference. So USC kind of strives on winning the close games, whereas um, Notre Dame's taking the games away in the fourth quarter. So I think that's what they're going to do in this one. All right. Next up, Penn State going on the road against Iowa. The Nittany Lions are looking to stay on top and have been pretty dominant in most of their games, except for Pitt, oddly enough. So I don't, again, make what you will without that if you're a Pitt fan. Uh, Iowa, on the other hand, just got off of a pretty rough loss against Michigan. Uh, I think a lot of people were giving Iowa more chances in that one, especially us, but uh, sometimes the cards don't fall your way. I still think Iowa's a good team, just not good enough to beat Penn State. So I think Penn State's going to come over here and roll against Iowa in this matchup. Artem, who do you got? You know, as an A&M fan, uh, this kind of a matchup, if I look at it from a Michigan's perspective, it's a case that's well known to us. Michigan got slapped around by a team and then played Iowa, and Iowa essentially made them look good. And Michigan fans are like, oh, we're back, we're back. I think what's going to happen in this game is the Nittany Lions are going to show everybody – kind of what it look what a good team looks like versus Iowa and they're going to put up a lot more points than Michigan did and this is going to be a, a big at least two score win for Penn State and then the hopefully the Michigan fans will look at it and be like man we need to lower our standards for this season so Penn State always with the hatred on Michigan I mean gosh man uh all right what's uh what's your take on this one Andrew I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. I think both teams are really talented defensively, and I think this is going to be one of your, you know, hashtag Big Ten. Much like the Michigan game last week that was, you know, 10-3. to I think this is going to be one of those low-scoring games. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Iowa. I think they're at home, and they're coming back from the close loss to Michigan, and I think they're going to be able to, to shut down Penn State's offense and do enough with their own to, to put a couple of scores up on the board and, and win a close, you know, a 14-7, to a 21-14. A to 14. I mean, there's not going to – the over-under here is 42-and-a-half. I'd probably take the under. I mean, that's not unreasonable considering what we've seen out of uh, both these teams. I mean, when Penn State's challenged, the score has been low. And then Iowa obviously really solid on defense. But uh, regardless – it goes into our next matchup, another Big Ten matchup. Nebraska at Minnesota. So, Nebraska going on the road, I think, looking to prove themselves. Artem, this is something you touched on earlier. Nebraska's kind of come out and started actually looking like a team that's respectable and kind of where we should see a team that's got all the historic history. Minnesota, on the other hand, have finally started 
rowing the boat a little harder. I mean, uh, they're looking to finally become kind of a tougher team out in the West. Uh, and I mean, they, after the year they put together last year, this is looking like another pretty solid year out of a Minnesota team that shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, I'm going with my gut on this one. I'm picking Minnesota. Uh, but, uh, Andrew, why, why don't you tell me who you got in this matchup? First of all, raise your hand if you knew Minnesota was undefeated. Whoop! Because I sure didn't. <laughs> my hand is down. I don't know if you can see I'll, it right now. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea that Minnesota was still undefeated. That's pretty crazy. And they've got some close close wins, too. They had a touchdown win over South Dakota State. They went two overtimes against Perez, 35-32 against Georgia Southern, 38-31 against Purdue. I mean, this is a team that's scraping by and obviously has got a little bit of luck on their side to win that many close games. So I think I'm going to go with the Golden Gophers. You know, they're, they're the team that's kind of showing, all right, guys, you know, we had a good year last year. We beat Wisconsin. We're, we're a team to be – to be talked about in the West. All right. Arnhem, do you agree with that situation considering your views on Nebraska? I'm going to go with Nebraska. Uh, like he's, kind of like you, I'm going with my gut on this one. Although Minnesota is 5-0, and I think the reason we haven't heard about them is because they haven't won any big games. I think the biggest win on their schedule is Illinois. At the beginning of the season, we thought Purdue was going to be a good team, but that's shown to be potentially otherwise. So I, I think just gut reaction, I think Nebraska is going to take this one. I think he's going to be close, but I don't think Minnesota has played anybody that's Nebraska's level yet. All righty. I mean, it's tough to say. I, you're right. They haven't really played anybody of note so far, but this could be the game that gets them on the board and puts them into a bowl eligible category. We Time will tell. Next up, Oklahoma v. Texas in the Red River rivalry. Red River. Call it the Red River Shootout, you coward. <laughs> the Red River Shootout. See now. There we go. See now we're gonna be inciting like gun violence. All right. Anyway. I'll I'll take that risk. Uh, it didn't happen for the Joker, so people are cowards. Uh, Just oh. don't take a stance on Hong Kong, and we're all right. Okay. Uh. Well. <laughs> Can I just can I just say that Blizzard sucks? Can I am I allowed to say I mean, that? We can add the NBA to that too. Okay. Well, I don't watch the NBA and anyway. What did yeah. Nike? What did Nike do? They pulled all their Rockets gear from all of their Nike stores in China. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they did. Stupid. <laughs> what's um? What's the quote from the South Park episode? I haven't seen it yet. Don't run it. <laughs> Something about like if you if you wanted. Something you got to suck at the sweet teat of China. <laughs> That's not wrong. Apparently not. Not the way America's handling their business right now. Anyway, we're not a political podcast. Oklahoma. You, you got to lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> China v. Texas. Oh, I'm sorry. Oklahoma v. Texas. Uh... We are so getting banned in China. <laughs> uh. So this is a uh, – I've totally lost my train of thought now. I got Oklahoma. Shootout. Shootout, Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah. Oh. Should be high scoring theoretically. Two good teams. One team is slightly worse than the other. I got Oklahoma. What else is there to say? Andrew, <laughs> Artem, sorry. Go ahead. 
Um, every, everything you need to know about this game is has to do with the time that it's scheduled. I don't think I've ever seen a, a good matchup. I've seen a good game at 11 a.m. I haven't seen a good matchup of two teams that are decent. Usually they're good games at 11 a.m. because they're garbage in one sort of aspect, and it's fun to watch how bad they are. And, you know, there's some interesting statistics here. Jalen Hurts is actually the leading rusher for Oklahoma, which with the stable of running backs they have, they they lock in at least a five-star per year from somewhere across the country. That's a very interesting stat. Um, There are also half of Hurts' touchdowns go to C.D. Lamb, uh, but he only has less than the, actually less than a quarter of the receptions from Hertz. So if I'm Texas, if I shut down C.D. Lamb, I shut down half of the offense. Um, and then you just got to, I don't know, sacrifice a couple dudes to Jalen Hurts' thighs um, and hope one of them hurts him in, uh, in the attempt to do so. Puns. Uh. At the beginning of this season – one of the things that Texas joked about was playing, uh, was it eight or nine DBs, uh, no linebackers, or playing a linebacker as a defensive lineman, but everybody else is a DB. And that's how they were going to stop the Oklahoma running game by having a lot of speed versus size. It'll be interesting to see if that's what they do. Uh, I still think it's going to be Oklahoma in this one. I think Jalen Hurts has been in big games before, and I don't think he's going to consider this a big game. Didn't they say the same thing when they went up against LSU? Like, oh, yeah, we, we're DB University, and then we're going to stop them, and blah, 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 blah. And that didn't work out at they all. They did. They had shirts. Oh. Yeah, I, I remember how that panned out for them. Uh, Usually DBU means that you get drafted out of Texas from that position. Even if you're not that good? Okay, well, all right. They got well, DBUs. Like, if you're called DBU, it, like, there's a stat out there on ESPN right now: the number of first and second round picks from LSU and Florida because they're playing each other this, uh, this week, um, and how many people they have had drafted first or second round from that school. And it's like twenty plus twenty plus dudes in the last uh, five years or something, which is crazy from just that one position role. Texas, I'm pretty sure, has zero, and one went undrafted to the Vikings, and he's no longer on the team. Wow! Wow! I'm, I'm trying to keep my sarcastic tone of voice, but it's really hard to do for <laughs> long periods of time. Uh, Andrew, Oklahoma v. Texas, who you got in this one? So, Artem, isn't this game always played at 11 o'clock because it's part of the Texas State Fair? Mm, that's possible. Yeah, I think that's what it is. But my point stands. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Also, Jalen, uh, I believe Jalen Hurts' comment when asked about the rivalry was like, what are you talking about, man? I played in the Iron Bowl. <laughs> I remember that too. Yeah. Um, I think Oklahoma wins, and I don't think it's close. I think Oklahoma's finally learned how to play defense. I think Alex Grinch was an unbelievable hire. They're giving up less than 20 points a game. And, uh, I mean, is Texas beating anybody of consequence? Maybe Oklahoma State. But other than that, their only real challenge was LSU, and LSU beat them. So I just think that Oklahoma is too good this year, and they finally figured out that you have to do more than be good on offense to win big games so i think oklahoma's gonna win and i don't i don't think it's necessarily that close all right next up personal picks on the week so this one is uh for me i'm picking west virginia over iowa state i think that iowa state's getting 10 points in this matchup which i think is ludicrous going on the road against west virginia 
I don't think West Virginia is as bad as people are making them out to be. And also, Iowa State has choked really bad in a few games. Like, I think the past few games when I picked them, they have uh, choked pretty horrifically. So I'm kind of tired of feeding into the mentality that Iowa State's this great team that does really well. I'm picking West Virginia. I think they'll surprise people and come out on top in this matchup. All right, uh, Andrew, what's your personal pick on the week? I'm actually going to do a bit of a switcheroo. Um, So because we were talking about earlier about prove yourself and show me games and which teams have done that, I think there's a big show me game this week for the Arizona. At home, they're hosting Washington, a team that many of us picked to be the top team in the North. And raise your hand if you knew Arizona was 4-1. and one. Knew that. I knew, yeah. Um. <laughs> Arizona, Arizona looked really good last week, though. I will say that's, that. That's sneaky. And so I think this is a game where you know, Arizona has that chance to do, all right, guys, actually here, we're actually good. Um, I don't think they show it because I think Washington's the better team, and I think Washington beats them. But uh, you know, I kind of wanted to keep with the, the theme of show-me games. And this is one that unfortunately is not going to go the way of the team that needs to show us something. So I saw, I think we talked about this last week. Uh, maybe. Maybe I, I talked about it with somebody. But Kevin Sumlin, what did he do at AM for five, for six years? Start 5 and 0 or 6 and 0 multiple seasons. If you go look at Arizona's schedule for the rest of the year, I think you're going to be right with your pick. <laughs> yeah, I think their schedule is, yeah, their schedule is very much front loaded. Because they've got Washington, USC, Washington at USC, at Stanford, Oregon State at Oregon, Utah. Now. Oh, lordy! <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think you're, you're onto something, Artem. It still sounds like, given how Stanford's played, they could get to at least six and six. But yeah, it's not. It's not a great sign. I will. Hey, man, I will be Washington. Yeah, I will say uh, nobody expected Washington to lose to Stanford, so I wouldn't just chalk it up as a guaranteed. Uh, loss, but uh, I do think Washington's the better team on this side. So yeah, that should be interesting to see. Artem, are you gonna you gonna have like five picks this time? What do you who you got? You're absolutely right. I was oh, gonna say God I heard it. something really wise, and it's it's Stanford. No matter how bad they are for like a week or two, they're a bunch of smart dudes, and they have to be to get in. So eventually they'll figure shit out, even if they don't have a quarterback, which they don't. I think they're on the third guy now. All right, I'm going to go quick with mine. Um, I got Arkansas over Kentucky. I think Arkansas figures some shit out, and they win their first conference game of the season, and uh, Kentucky goes 0-4 in conference. I got Ole Miss over Mizzou because Bryant is hurt, and I don't think Mizzou's going to be able to figure out their offense without him as well. Then I have Oregon at home over Colorado to stick with the playoff chances there. Big prove-me game, like Andrew said. And I have Miami against uh, Virginia. Uh, Virginia can't seem to run the ball, so Miami just pretty much picks, hey, we're going to commit some dudes to, to stop the run and then commit the rest of their guys to play safe, not allowing any big plays. I think uh, Miami will pull this one out and uh, have their first big win of the season. Uh, I think I agree with you, Artem, about that Virginia-Miami game. I think that'll be an interesting one given that Miami made the switch at quarterback last year from Jared last week from Jerry Williams to Nicosi Perry after Williams threw three interceptions on three straight drives. So it'll be interesting to see how this Miami offense looks with Nicosi Perry, who many people, myself included, expected to be the starter coming out of fall camp. 
I don't have anything particularly against any of those picks. I do just want to point out that you keep doing this like thing where you're like, maybe if I make enough picks, I'll dig myself out of the hole I'm in. Because you're sitting at like about 40% accuracy with your picks. And you just keep digging a bigger hole for yourself every time you make all these ridiculous picks. So well, usually I pick a lot of like upsets. This time out of those four picks, I went with one that I thought was really logical. One that's probably a gimme. No joke, Oregon's probably going to beat uh, Colorado. Because I think, uh, what was his name, LaVisca's still out. And then the other two um, are upset potentials. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't see anything wrong with any of those matchups. Uh, Worse than 50-50. Particularly. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm curious to see how it plays out. Uh, All right, finally our highlight matchup of the week. Florida going on the road to LSU. Uh, Another big SEC matchup. Florida did a prove-me game last week against Auburn, and they ended up dominating. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on your opinion, but I felt like they dominated Auburn across the board. Uh, LSU, on the other hand, they've had some challenging games, and they've come out on top on every single one of them. Both these teams are undefeated. Uh, Both these teams are looking to show that down the road they're going to be able to handle their division. Florida staring down Georgia uh, coming up in, in the next few weeks, and LSU, of course, looking at Alabama. And, of course, uh, this is a night game at Death Valley, so it'll be interesting to see. Or is it a night game? Uh, Midday, night game, Eh, either way. All right, so, yeah, uh, with that in mind, Artem, who do you got in this matchup? I'll say I don't think LSU has played anybody, and Texas included, that has a good defense that would have actually challenged them. So I think there's quite a bit of hype around Joe Burrow, and rightfully so, because even against shitty teams, there are players who do not have as good of an accuracy as he does. Uh, However, um, they are at home, and their uh, yards per rush is actually higher than Florida's, even though they've been throwing the ball a lot and what the RPOs are doing. I got we got Florida coming in, and Florida looked good against an Auburn team and beat them. And that was at home. They do have Trask, who's also I think on his third, maybe fourth start this week, and he'll be playing at LSU. And this kid hasn't played. You know, he's been in college for what seems like forty years, uh, but he hasn't played since since high school. He hasn't started. So I think that's going to be the decider in this one. I think it'll be a lot closer than the. 13 and a half point spread that the experts are giving it. I think Florida is able to run the ball on LSU, uh, which Vanderbilt was able to do. Um, and that's what Florida did to beat Auburn. And I think by doing that, they'll control the clock more and LSU won't score as much because it'll be the Florida, whatever, however many DBUs there are, Florida is one of them. And I think Joe Burrow is not going to be able to throw the ball as well as he has been all season. So they're going to struggle a little bit. They're just going to give the ball back to Florida more times than not. But I think Florida's going to lose a close one here. Okay. But you are, in fact, picking LSU. That is correct. At home. Okay. I just want I just wanted to be sure. You had a lot of at Florida talk mixed in there. So you're clearly expecting a lot out of them, just not uh, to come out on top in this matchup. Not enough, yeah. Art Andrew, who you got? This game is at 7 p.m. Central in 
the real Death Valley. Sorry, Clemson fans. Yours is pretty cool, too. Don't hurt me. Um, and I think, again, as I've been saying all year, I think LSU's finally figured out, like we talked about, they're the reverse Oklahoma. They were really, really good defensively and a garbage fire on offense. And they figured out, wait a minute, guys, we probably should be good on both of them. And I think with Joe Burrow and what they're doing on offense, they've kind of figured some of that out. And I just think Florida's probably going to be emotionally drained from the Auburn game. Yeah, they've got a tough stretch this season. I think that was one of the things we talked about in the preseason is we, we liked Florida, but they had a rough schedule. So I just I think LSU's just too good. I think LSU's a team that, you know, has really kind of put it all together. And I think it's the second best team in the SEC, and I'm incredibly excited for that game in November between LSU and Alabama. It'll be one to watch, especially with what LSU has been doing on offense so far. And, I mean, their defense hasn't looked bad either. At this rate, it's going to be a basketball game. We'll see. Uh, And I've got – I've got uh, LSU as well. It's just hard to not pick them under the lights in Death Valley. So I, I've definitely got LSU. So we're all siding with the Tigers. Uh, I think that'll that'll definitely be the matchup to watch this week. Well, as always, uh, it was a short one this week, but uh, thanks as always to our listeners for tuning in. Y'all have a good rest of your week, and good night, everybody. <laughs>